0: If you free up your time and want to pour that back into your job, then that's great. You can take on more work and grow you know, in that role. But if you wanna start a side hustle or just make an extra gym class or be able to get home before the sun sets, these are the small things we can do to crunch the hours of our time, to make our time more productive and start to re-tap into our sense of balance. Deep Balancer, I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life but you're busy and if we're being honest that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host Erica and together let's find your unique balance. Hey Balancers and welcome to another BTS episode. I hope you are having a lovely day or night from wherever you're listening to this from, whether you're on a stroll, chilling at home, on the way to work, and I'm so glad you're here to dive into another episode together. Today I'm going to be speaking about something that's a really big passion area of mine, and that is productivity. And this is not only limited to productivity within the working hours and in a professional setting, but how we can actually use our spare time wisely to make us all round more productive. Now, I just want to preface this conversation by saying that not all our spare time needs to be this sense of, oh, my God, we've been so productive. There is absolutely a time and a place for relax, reset and recharge. But too often I hear people complaining that they're not spending their time or their spare time the way they would like to. And so I think a conversation about making your time more productive, even outside of the working hours, definitely has a place. But speaking of, I guess, in the professional sense at work, I saw the other week that some countries around the world are starting to trial four day work weeks over five day work weeks just to test productivity. And whilst I acknowledge that this is not practical for all industries, I think for many this could be a really, really game-changing adoption. I actually ran a poll on our Instagram story and 98% of you said that you would choose to work the four longer days over five normal days if you had the choice. So this really prompted me to write this episode. Whilst a four-day work week is not the norm yet, I think giving people the choice to make The decision for themselves is a great step towards honouring how different people prefer to spend their time. I think it's also a really positive step in the direction of normalising the idea that rest makes people more productive and something I feel we've fallen really far away from to the point where you might even feel guilty taking a day off even if you're sick or your mental health just needs a bit of a reboot. I know this was me for the longest time, even still today if I'm being totally honest I've been For the last two months, trialing, traveling and working on the go and and that feeling of guiltiness for, you know, not exploring a new city and having to take a couple hours to do a bit of work is something I still struggle with. And I feel like our worth is so closely tied up to our output and it's become a really common place to view people's productivity in terms of their physical time in an office or physical time at work location. But With the opportunity for four-day working weeks coming up and being a potential topic of conversation, we have an opportunity to rewrite the narrative on productivity, a narrative that can step away from quantity and output and look at quality of output. And so in the discussion of being productive, I wanted to run through two ideas. One, we'll revisit how we look at our productivity at work to maximize our time. And the second, we'll briefly touch on our time outside of work, as I briefly mentioned a moment ago. So I want to start with looking at how we can really maximize our hours at work. I'm going to take you through three steps to start maximizing your time at work. And this is particularly useful for jobs that are not necessarily service-based. So if you're giving your time as a service, like a beauty therapist or a health coach or a chiropractor, something like that, depending on whether you run your own business or depending on how jam-packed your day is, you may be able to adopt some of these as well. But this is definitely going to work for anybody with a more corporate-style job. And if you find that you spend way too long to do tasks or you find yourself jumping on social media or getting distracted very easily, then these three tips are going to be really, really beneficial for your overall productivity in the workplace. So step one is going to be to look at the activities of your role throughout the course of a day and write them all out on a piece of paper or in your notes on your phone. And what I want you to make sure you do is write down all the activities that you do. This is not necessarily like things that you have to do for your job, but think about from when you step into the office, from when you leave or when you sit down to do your work and from when until when you stop, what are all the activities that you do? And I want you to include things like going for coffee, chatting with colleagues, things that just form a part of your day. That may not necessarily strictly be like what you need to do for your role. And the reason is we want to be able to identify non-essential time-wasting activities and essential activities. And I'm not saying there's there's no place for getting a coffee with your colleagues or having a chat, but just in the context of productivity, just to assess how much time we need for essential tasks. And this is something we're going to have to do just to start with. So you're going to strike out all the non-essential tasks that do not contribute to The quality of your work but just really take up your time. So for me this was emails. I would check and respond to emails all the time like I would interrupt the flow of a big task I was doing just to check emails. It was just I don't know it was just like a default thing I would do like I had a zero email inbox policy and if I saw one or two emails come in I would just feel this urge to reply straight away. So checking my emails every hour was not productive and it kept taking me out of essential tasks that did add to my quality of work. So that could have been condensed into, I could have put in like an email window each day, one in the morning, one at lunch and one in the afternoon. So the key here is to understand what are your essential tasks. What are the tasks or the things that you do that have to be done to satisfy your role or that contribute to the quality of your work? The second thing you're going to do is to look at those essential tasks. So now you should have a bit of a condensed list, which has struck out all the uh, non-essential tasks and you've just got a list of essential tasks, how many hours do you need to actually complete those essential tasks? So that is the things you do throughout a day where you minus distractions and you minus non-essential tasks. This is a really, really good exercise. If, As I said before, if you're not necessarily service-based and you work from home as well, often if your day is filled up with a lot of non-essential tasks and distractions, the core of your essential work is not the full time you're spending at work. So if you've got a seven-hour day Really, you might only need four hours to do your essential tasks. And if you think if you're working from home, what you could do with an additional three hours every day, whether that be, you know, take on more work within your job or do things around the house or commit some time to your hobby or spend more time with your kids, whatever that is, I think comes down to looking at what are our essential versus non-essential tasks. And number two, looking at how long those essential tasks actually take. And I want you to identify this as a number. So is it five hours? Is it four hours? Is it seven hours? Are you doing essential tasks all day? We want to make sure that we're being as productive as possible within our working time. The third thing we want to look at is when are your high focus periods? So are you that person that gets to work at nine and smashes out your work within the first four hours and then the arvo is a bit slow? Or do you get this sense of energy in the afternoon, a bit of a spike? When do you feel the most energy and focus? If you work from home or if you can regulate your own schedule, then I would urge you to complete all those core essential activities in that high focus period. And this was a bit of a routine I fell into. I acknowledged very quickly that I was a morning person. I would get in And smash out all my essential tasks and let's say for you the number you identified the number of hours you identified in point two was four hours could you imagine if you could smash out all your essential tasks within the first four hours of the day and then have the afternoon to just take it a little bit easier intermittently check your work or do your hobby or like I said before do whatever else you want to do take on other more interesting projects at work Because you've been able to condense what you're doing with what's going to give you the most quality of work and you're doing that all in your high focus period. If you're someone who feels like you don't have a lot of time and that could be like, you know, not enough time to take on more tasks at work or just to do things at home, whatever it is. This is a really good technique to use. And like, I mean, obviously this is very job dependent and I think just looking at it very, very briefly, it's going to work really well for corporate style jobs. But I think wrapped within this is something else that's often not spoken about a lot, which is that guilty feeling of finishing early. If you if you were to, say, complete your essential tasks within four hours. And when we went into COVID and everyone had to work from home, this was something I really struggled with because at home, I didn't have the distraction of popping out for a coffee, of chatting to people, of, you know, walking around the city, things like that. And so I found when I identified, okay, this is my high energy period, the morning and it took me four hours to do my essential tasks, I would ask for more work. Um, but then if it wouldn't come through and I didn't really have anything else to do, I would feel guilty. But ultimately I had to remind myself where, and I'm sure you would know this, especially if you have a corporate style job or really in any job, it's seasonal. There are, there are moments in the month, in the week, where things are really busier. We literally cannot find any pockets of time, but there will always be those days where things are a bit slower and you can kind of recalibrate. And so I feel like removing that guilt and trying to own and just really embrace that balance between the days is a really nice way for you to begin to structure your day in your own favor. And I mean, if you've done this exercise and what it's done for you is taken a 10-hour day, condensed it to a seven-hour day, and what that means is you can make an extra gym class or get home early every day and cook a homemade meal, that's a huge win for your balance Think about it, you know, five gym classes over a week is a lot. Five home-cooked meals is a lot. It's up to you how you, I guess, want to replace that time. But it's relative to where you currently are at and your roles and responsibilities, of course. You can also use this technique if you want to get more involved in the business that you're working in, if you want to get different types of work or more breadth of experience. And this is a way for you to condense and be more efficient at the work you're currently doing to free yourself up to do other things. And so these are, I guess, my just three steps or three thoughts on how we can begin to maximize our time at work. I can't promise you it's going to give you heaps of heaps of hours back. But what I can say is the hours you choose to dedicate to work should be maximized so that you are utilizing your most productive and energetic self. If you free up your time and want to pour that back into your job, then that's great. You can take on more work and grow, you know, in that role. But if you want to start a side hustle or just make an extra gym class or be able to get home before the sun sets, these are the small things we can do to crunch the hours of our time, to make our time more productive and start to re-tap into our sense of balance. I will say this is a lot easier if you're somebody who works from home because I'm not going to deny the pressure of being in an office and the culture with, you know, often people monitoring your move or that, that culture of, who's leaving the office first and and et cetera. But if that's something that's really important to you, can you negotiate working from home days? For me personally, after the advent of COVID and having experienced working from home, that was a non-negotiable for me when I was going for other jobs. I needed future roles to have working from home flexibility because it's something that's important for me to know that I'll have one or two days at home where I can work in that highly productive condensed mode and have a little bit of time to just recalibrate and do things that matter for my balance. So now a few little notes on time off work. So this will require you to have a little look at the free hours you have outside of all your personal commitments and look at what you're currently filling it with. Do you have room for play and creation? So think about maybe spirituality, reading, crafts, time with loved ones, time alone. I did a really awesome uh, TikTok video the other day and asked everyone what they would do if they didn't like what they would do with their time if they didn't have to worry about money. And the responses I had were incredible. Like you're all so, so creative. And, and I love the abundance of tasks and hobbies that you guys would tap into if you had more time. And so I think just answering that question as well is a really good starter to ask what's important to you in the realm of play and creation and as well rest. You need to give yourself room to recharge in a way that feels authentic for you. The biggest thing and one thing I'd want everyone to know and learn is that rest and recharge actually makes you more energized and therefore more productive in across all the areas of your life. And this is why I I would love for everybody to really take the time to carefully curate their spare time because the rewards I feel are just endless. At times, self-care can feel like something we're guilty for or even that we rush or forget about. But working through both of those and creating the space to do it will pay dividends on your health and your sense of fulfillment overall. It's really critical you assess how you're spending your time and ensure that it's quality and in line with the values that you have for yourself. So whilst this discussion on, I guess, being productive with our spare time is not as robust as the one, two, three steps I've given you for the working hours, I think the biggest takeaway is just to look at what you're currently doing in your spare time and whether that's most conducive you feel to helping you reset, recharge and tap into maybe your creative side that you feel you don't get to in your job or something you really wanna be doing in your spare time. And if the answer is no, and you wanna change or shift how you are spending that time to make it more productive, and when I say productive in the sense of it's productive because it's allowing you to rest and recharge and it's intentional time, then have a look at things you can sub out and sub in to start creating a life that feels more aligned and on your terms. I'm also gonna pop a link in the show notes to an episode called How to Make More Times for the Things You Love, which I know a lot of you really got so much out of. Um, And in that episode, I'll take you through an exercise on how to assess your personal time. If you're somebody who, you know, has the issue or dilemma that you don't have enough time for the things you love, this is going to be perfect for you. And you can start taking those steps to spending it just as you would like. Don't forget the hours of work make you the most productive. So yes, I'm absolutely saying if you want to be better at work, be better at life, be better at owning your time and be better at prioritizing your sense of balance. And I know because you're here tuning in, you're on a journey to doing that. And I'm so proud of you for making the commitment to show up, tune in and do the self work, do the thing that sometimes does not feel the easiest, but you know, long term will pay the most rewards. I hope you guys have loved this episode. Feel free to share this with somebody who you feel maybe needs a bit of a reshake or rethink of how they're looking at their productivity. I'd love to hear your thoughts and if this is sort of something you have already done, have already approached your working time with it, or if you're having any other pain points and it's something I can sort of go into further on the podcast. So don't be shy in reaching out. Very accessible via Instagram mostly is probably best. Um, But of course, you can link up with us on TikTok as well. I'll put links to that all in the show notes. I'll see you all on Monday for another guest episode and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day.